You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. There are so many amazing free plugins available for download right now to help you with your production and mixing. Go to mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash plugins to download and get access to a bunch of free and premium plugins on Plugin Boutique. Happy mixing, my friends, and enjoy the show. One, two, three. Hello, you are listening to Mixing Music with DK. I am your host, DK, and I am so excited, so excited about this episode because I want to tell you my opinion on gear. All of you gear sluts out there, I can smell you. Oh my goodness, all of us are gear sluts. We just love gear and we love equipment and half the reason why we even do what we do is because we think we look really cool with gear, which is true. It does look cool. Um, and there's a value in that, all right? Today I want to talk about gear, um, maybe a little bit about recording gear, um, but I'm going to try to keep it specifically within mixing. I had a professor uh, in school. I went to school for uh, audio production. <clears throat> do, I, that, do I recommend school for audio production? That's for another episode. But I had a professor, and I agreed with him a lot on this. Um, he said, what is the most important piece of gear in a studio like within the control room right in the front front room right uh front of house what is the most important piece of gear and we're like uh the microphone the computer the software uh the hard drive i don't know we just kept guessing and he's like no it's it's the monitors what's the point of recording or mixing music if you can't hear it right um, now there's a lot of my personal opinion wrapped up into this, which is everybody hears to things differently and monitors don't matter that much. What monitors you use don't matter that much as long as you know what they sound like. But I agree with my, uh, my professor, um, Jeff Carter. Uh, we have a podcast together. It's called the business of recording music where I interview him basically and talk about his experience recording. Um, but, uh, he says monitoring is the most important again for the sole purpose of what is the point of recording and mixing if you can't even hear the music i agree with that i love that Uh, monitoring is very important um pick your monitors wisely go to a store that sells different monitors and listen to different monitors um sometimes you might think that these monitors sound great. And then once you've had them for a year or so, you realize, wow, my mixes aren't turning out as cool as they used to. Or they might be turning out better, you know, hopefully. Uh, Or they might just be turning out different, not worse or better, you know, they're just different. Um, I don't know, who cares? Uh, You know, people are, you know, people listen to music differently. It doesn't really matter as long as the vibe's right. Um, 
I currently uh, am using an old pair of JBLs. I forgot the model number, and I will never remember. 4328s or something like that? Where The one with the little meters in front of them? They're old. They don't even make them anymore. I've had them for years. They're really mid-scooped and bright, and I just love them. I used to have a pair of Event 2030s, which is the discontinued uh, three-way monitor from Event uh, those sounded totally different, so I had to. I just recently sold it, sold the events, because um, I just like the way the JBL sound more. I like that mid-scoop, really bright sound, personally. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, and I, I have a subwoofer as well, um, because I can, and it sounds awesome. And if you're doing hip-hop, you should get a sub, unless you live in an apartment or a house with family. Like, if you have your own soundproof studio get a subwoofer it is dope and it can only add to your sound and to the monitoring okay so now that we've talked about monitoring i want to get into some other stuff is gear important um my general blanket answer is yes but the most important part about gear is that you're conscious and aware of the gear that you use do I think that every single cable needs to be gold-plated Mogami? And do I need to think that all of your gear needs to be analog to sound great? No, absolutely not. I also don't think I also don't think that you should just like pick random cables off the floor and plug them in. I mean, cables change the sound and uh so do small things. Like you should at least be conscious of what you're using. If you're using the cheapest cables possible, at least know that that's what you did and that's affecting the sound. It doesn't really matter what cables you're using or what, what you're using. Just know that everything has an effect on the sound. There's a podcast that I like to listen to. It's called The Mastering Show, um, and it's dope. He talks a lot about analog versus digital. I do recommend them. I recommend that episode. Uh, it's within the first 10 episodes, I believe. Uh, Ian Shepard, uh, shout out to you and The Mastering Show. I recommend listening to that episode like all the way through. It's like 30 or 40 minutes for that episode. But he gets really nerdy about like the different things about analog versus digital. Um, I personally don't believe in analog. Um, and here's this. Here's the reason why. <clears throat> analog sounds great. It is technically inferior to digital because digital does not add noise and analog typically does. Well, digital typically doesn't add noise. Um, it's pretty flat. And analog typically does. And any any changes to a waveform is technically distortion. Now, that being said, there's good distortion. And a lot of music has that great distortion that just, like, widens, makes a mix fat and thick and juicy. Uh, but I will say that, technically speaking, analog gear is inferior. People still prefer that sound but it's technically inferior, especially compared to the potential of digital. Also, if people are coming to your studio because you have specific gear, that's like a huge red flag. No artist, very, very few artists should have the right to pick a studio specifically because of gear. Like, that's a huge red flag. Nobody has ever come into a studio and been like, I came to you for that elam 251 that you have 
Like they came because you have a specific sound or a specific vibe that you have with all of your music in your portfolio, not because of gear. And if they do come for gear, there that's the client that's going to tell you to use this just for the sake of using it. And like, hey, why aren't you using this? Hey, I use these plugins and I use this outboard gear. And why didn't you use this? Like my other studio used this. Like nobody wants to deal with that crap. Yeah. So do I think that analog gear sounds great? Yes. Do I think it has great return on investment ROI? No. I do not think it has good ROI at all. And especially if you're trying to make a living out of doing music and not doing this as a hobby, if you're doing this as a hobby, not really trying to make music where all the music money you make just goes back into the studio or you're putting money from your day job into the studio, like, yeah, go ahead and buy gear. Sure. But if you're trying to make a living out of this, oh my goodness, like it's not about the gear. The gear has really bad ROI, but you know what has great ROI? Your website. Oh Yeah. You know what else has really great ROI? Your monitors. Hey, look at that. Okay. I think that monitoring is important, sure. Um, You know what else? Hard drives and software for backing up your hard drives. You know what else has great ROI? Like Instagram or social media in general and like CRM software that helps you keep track of your clients. This is the stuff that really makes you money and is more important than your sweet analog gear right um sure again it has a vibe you should like it you should love it if you should invest into it invest into it if you really believe it that it's important for you um this is my personal opinion there are other tools that make you more money and help you do business better than gear than analog gear i will also say that some gear is very important I think that you should spend money on your monitors, if I've already said. I think that you should spend money on diversifying your tools. Now, I'm not saying you should get seven different types of auto-tune. I'm saying if you don't have an auto-tune or some sort of a vocal tuning plugin, then that's a tool that you can do different things with. Like, you weren't able to tune vocals before. Now you can. That's like a new service that you can provide. That's a great investment. Maybe you have a really sweet EQ plugin, but it doesn't do something that another EQ plugin does that you find very useful. Like I just bought a plugin called Golfos. I don't know. I forgot the name of the company. I apologize. It's a plugin where it analyzes the EQ spectrum and it makes really fast changes automatically. Basically, it's like a better Greg Wells mix-centric um, that changes instead of like a general blanket EQ changes, like like the EQ changes are constantly changing without any clicks or pops. It's dope. You should look into it. There's a free trial. Um, but these tools will help you do different things. I, you don't need 20 different types of compressors. Like compressors really do one thing. Like, let's be honest. Like, sure, the Fairchild sounds different from the Very Mew and the UAD 1176 sounds different from the... the uh, Waves 1176, sure. But in the end, will your client notice? (laughs) I mean, think about that. Will they be, oh, it's not right. And then you change it to the other 1176 and they're like, wow, that's exactly right. No, no. And if they do, again, that's a red flag. That's totally wrong. You're thinking about everything wrong. (laughs) What we do 
is is literally not about equipment. And people kind of get lost in this. And like, I have a lot of strong feelings about this. Like, it's really not about the gear. It's not about the equipment. And dare I say, it's not about technicalities. Like the technical aspects of mixing. That's not why we do what we do. Again, it always comes back to what is the emotions of a song and how is that being portrayed? And does this new piece of gear have the opportunity to change or enhance emotions in a different way from what you have already? And you might be able to justify any sort of gear purchase with that. And that might be the reason why you just bought an Eve console or an API, the, the, whatever, right? Whatever it is. Um, I personally wouldn't invest in that stuff. Um, but that's why I pay people who did. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that Leslie Brathwaite, who I went to go see at Mix It The Master, said something awesome. He's like, why do people get caught up about owning stuff? That doesn't really matter. You can just like rent it out or pay someone who already owns it. <laughs> you don't have to get caught up in owning it. Uh, I just think that's so funny. Um, now, I do believe that owning gear is great because then you can sell it, whatever. It's kind of an investment. But at the same time, he's got a big point. Like, you know, if you don't have the gear, you can spend less money to just hire someone else to do it. And then not on, on top of having a better product, you can make more friends. Wow, that's a double whammy. The cost alone might be good to become friends with the guy that's doing other services. You know, that might be the reason. You know how much money I've made from people that I met because I gave them projects and they ended up giving me projects? Yeah, no, that's real. That is totally real. And that's a good investment. Let's quickly talk about DAWs. It doesn't matter what you use. Okay, now let's talk about production tools a little bit. Uh, It doesn't matter what you use. Okay, let's talk about plugins really fast. It doesn't matter what you use. Hey, can you guess what I'm going to say about Windows versus Mac? Oh, yeah, that's right. It doesn't matter what you use. Well, okay, so I'm going to kind of backtrack a little bit. Maybe the DAW that you use does matter. Um, not because DAWs sound different. If if the DAW company is marketing and saying, we sound different, I don't think anybody does that because that's not true. And if your friend is telling you that, that's also not true. Each DAW is a different tool and has a different workflow, and that's about it. Doesn't sound better. Nothing, no audio changes, okay? The only reason why some DAWs might be better for you is if you are sending and receiving sessions constantly. For example, I personally use Pro Tools. I think Pro Tools is awesome for editing and awesome for mixing. I think that it looks ugly as crap, I think Pro Tools really needs to get on the game of looks. Like every other DAW, you can customize the colors. Why does Pro Tools look like it was made in Windows 98? Like it's so dang ugly, okay? Avid, if you're listening to this, I don't care what you do in the next update. Just make it look pretty, gosh dang it. Or even just make it like, give it a dark mode or something. Why are these buttons all blocky to freak? And this gray, this gray is like the same color of my grandpa's hair. Like I don't want to remember that. Oh, I don't want to think of that. Oh, so gross. Um, all you Pro Tools users should relate because it's so ugly and we should all petition to make it prettier, right? Like Studio One just had a, even Cubase. I remember using Cubase and it looked just as ugly as Pro Tools. If you look at Cubase now, it's way pretty. Like it's a good DAW, all right? Sorry, I got on a tangent. 
But I will say again, like if you're receiving sessions, like if the if the recording as a mixing engineer, you might have a go to recording engineer, or you might have go to recording engineers where they just you're their go to mixing engineer, right? Different engineers and or producers or whatever, right? Uh, and they different they have tools. Um, they might have different tools, partially because that's kind of the start of the recording process. So they're pretty flexible with the tools that they use because they can start in whatever DAW because nothing has already been made and they're not transferring files, right? But if most of the people that you're working with is using Pro Tools, that's a good reason to use Pro Tools. That just saves a lot of time and hassle on their parts. And if other people are using other DAWs, maybe that might be a reason why you use other DAWs well. Um, Don't pick a DAW based on the looks because nobody would pick Pro Tools if it was based on looks. (laughs) But also, don't pick a DAW um, because people told you that it sounds different. Like, you should get the trial version. There's some free version of every single DAW out there, and just try them out if you're starting out. Um, Or if you're familiar with one, there's really no reason to switch. Uh, I mean, unless Pro Tools sometimes has a lot of, like, lag problems or, like, a lot of issues where the audio stops among... Like, they're getting better, but, like, some I really like Studio One to be honest. I think Studio One is great, and if I wasn't working with other people, kind of at an industry standard level, I would probably use Studio One. It's dope. Um, that being said, like it really doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. I don't. I'm not really going to talk about recording music um, because I don't do that anymore. Uh, but I do have opinions on it. I'm not going to share them, though, because this is a mixing podcast. Uh, I will say that, okay, microphones sometimes do matter. (laughs) And uh, more importantly, being conscious with your decisions, like knowing that you should listen to a microphone before you buy it. Uh, Anyway, uh, that's it for this episode. Stay saucy. One, two, three. This episode of Mixing Music with DK has been brought to you by LaunchPod Media. If you want to start a podcast, make sure to start it right with LaunchPod Media. Are you trying to find the perfect distribution platform to get your music on Spotify and Apple? I personally use and love DistroKid. Go to mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash DistroKid to get a small discount and get access to a platform with unlimited uploads for a yearly fee. Happy uploading and enjoy the show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.